It's time for another retro throwback sidetrack bonus episode of The Hive Jive. This episode, titled To Be Proprietary or Not To Be, originally aired on Patreon back on November 19th of 2020. Enjoy! Hey, all you Hive Jive junkies out there, it's that time again. Join our hosts, John Swan and Ken Milam, for another bonus edition of The Hive Jive. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting bonus episode of We Don't Know What the Hell We're Talking the About. The Hive Jive. Oh, right, yeah. the Hive Jive. We're going to talk bees. The Hive Jive Junkies. This is the Junkie Feed. Uh, wait, no. <laughs> no, that's the guys next door in the other studio. <laughs> oh, well. Um, I believe it's a bunch of junkies in there where it smells. There's a bunch. Of, I, this building is permeated, yeah, man. It is. I, uh, I'm so hungry now. I literally followed the gentleman in the door this morning. So that the door you saw a couple people come in and out yep. of, it's got a code lock to it. So mm-hmm. there are people that rent space in the building and they have access. Oh, okay. The gentleman that does the rehearsal room rentals mm-hmm. showed up like at one minute after when our appointment was supposed to start. Eddie, I rolled one? Well, that wasn't the point. Um, <laughs> he opened the door, and I followed him in the building, and walking through the door was like walking into a wall of the smell from the smoke, and it was just like, wow. And the funny thing is they do have signs up that say no smoking inside the building, which obviously well, that doesn't happen. No, but it's it's that's not the – that's – See, that's talking about a different kind of smoking. Oh, that's tobacco. The sign did not say no tobacco <laughs> smoking in the building, but oh well, whatever. Oh um, well. Uh, we just get the munchies. Hell, we start bringing Frito chips in here and all kinds of stuff now. <laughs> He's lying, <laughs> <laughs> but he does randomly ask for food the longer we're in here. Um, so anyhow, yeah, like I said, welcome to the we don't know what we're talking about today. Um, so this is a bonus episode, and on a bonus episode, again, we we just kind of rehash different things on the. Bonus episode last week, and then the main segment this Monday, we talked about robbing bees, and uh, Ken Ken seemed to think that meant you know putting on your mask and going into a convenience store, yeah, um, which is not the case. Don't do that. We do not advocate that, and we never gave well, you that idea. Well, no, you got to put your mask on to go in the convenience store if you're outside the pickup. Other you got to have your mask on to go do anything. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but again, that robbing is not. Not what we're talking about there. We're not going thieving. No, no thieving. And we were talking about the bees. Honeybees robbing other honeybees. Yes. So if for some reason you uh, missed that episode from the main segment on Monday, definitely go back and check that out because there there will be some cautionary tales in there that you may need to know. Um, Otherwise, that, that is that. So I have a hypothetically random topic, and I didn't prep you for this, so... Okay, what do you got? Hypothetical random... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. What is the moral implications or ramifications of this specific scenario? So, honeybee hive locations Mm -hmm. are considered proprietary. They are trade secrets that is literally written into law, especially, well, specifically like here in the state of Texas. Mm -hmm. So like for instance, when the apiary inspection service comes out and does any type of inspection with your hives, they ping a GPS coordinate of that location. It cannot be shared or given to anybody and it does not go into any type of network. So nobody can go steal your bees. Right. 
Okay. The reason it's considered proprietary is because you could have found a, a secluded little area with a very unique floral landscape that provides you a very unique flavor to your honey, and that is your livelihood and business. Yeah, that's why I got such good honey. So, therefore, it is proprietary. Mm-hmm. Now then, there are other services out there, and there are, I want to say, um, one of them that Jacob had told us about is Bee Watch, mm-hmm. I think. Um, but there are other services out there where... You can sign up with those services across the country, and if there's going to be any type of pest application spraying or anything like that done that could jeopardize honeybees, Mm -hmm. they then notify the service or the county or the state, and then the state can notify people that are registered on that list. So here's the conundrum, though. Mm -hmm. If it's proprietary information and you're not supposed to give it out, Mm -hmm but you voluntarily put your name on a list mm-hmm. so that you can be notified to save your bees. Mm-hmm. Depending on who controls that list, by you giving consent to be on the list, is it also thereby you giving they consent for people got. to know where your hives are? So see, I ran into a, a similar scenario. If you remember a long time back, um, we had talked about an application you could put on your phone that mm-hmm. supposedly would check mites for you by taking photos in the app. And you could pull up a frame, take a picture of the bees on the comb, Mm -hmm. and then the app would analyze it and count the mites. And we were curious how accurate it was because we had a user send in some photos, and I went through and looked at all the things that it had identified as mites, and I could not guarantee you that those were actually mites. Um, So I wanted to try it out. But when I pulled up the app and I went through to do it, it wanted my location. And I refused to give it my location. And because I refused to give it my location, it refused to work. And the whole reason for that was nobody needs to know where my hives are at specifically. No. And so I don't need some random server somewhere doing that. And that's one of the things that we can run into trouble with, especially in today's modern age. Every app, every program has a set of terms and conditions, and you accept or agree to them, and it may be 50 pages of crap. Nobody ever reads it. We just scroll to the bottom, check the I acknowledge, and hit OK, and that's that. But when you're doing that, some of that could be you are allowing them your proprietary information, the location of your hive, so that they can do this. Well, I understand that you know there is an outside server that's running an algorithm that is analyzing the picture to look for the mites. That server and algorithm do not need my location to be able to scan a photo and check for mites. So why do they want to know my location? They want to know it so they can build a database on where are their mite explosions across the area. Mm-hmm. Okay, in the greater scheme of things, that's a completely innocent thing. Mm-hmm. And it could be beneficial to beekeepers. Right. But on the larger scale of things, if somebody gets a hold of that information, that is also pinpoint accuracy to where your hives are. And if they happen to be somewhere that is isolated with no fences, no gates, no locks, and nobody right there on site to watch them, that could also be a way for somebody to come and steal your stuff. Now that is, that is worst case scenario, right? Um, So some of the, the things that come up with this whole registry system here in the state of Texas, we don't have that registry. Mm -hmm. We don't even have the groundwork for it, but we have been talking about, trying to at least lay the the groundwork, the tracks, or the blueprints so that maybe someday in the future we could. And again, this was one of the arguments that came up. And my solution was, why can't it not be high level? 
right? It doesn't need to be that, you know, at 45 degrees here and 32 degrees there are my hives. Why can't it just be countywide, right? So I have hives in Travis County. Travis County, you know, covers a whole range of area. And, or, you know, you have hives in this county. Yeah. And then if spraying is going to be done in that county, mm-hmm. they notify everybody that is in that area and they can provide the location of where the spraying is going to be done. And then it's mm-hmm. up to you to see if that's going to interfere with your bees. Right. But they don't know where your bees are. They just know they're in that county. Mm-hmm. I think that is a workable solution. Yeah, it would be. Other people weren't, you know, weren't so sure. <laughs> so, but how do you feel about that? Like, do you, do you think that it's, uh, should be considered proprietary? Do you think that it's an issue to share that kind of stuff? Where your bees are? Mm-hmm. Hell no. But the reason now, if it's Lano County, where most of all my, my bees are in Lano County, uh, and... Say somebody's going to spray, they say, hey, we're spraying in western Llano County. Well, I know my bees are in northern Llano County, so I'm not worried about it. Right. So I think that would be, but I don't want nobody, you know, my, my, my bees are, well, they're behind locked fences, but gates, but. Right. Uh, and, and buried in a small shrubbery forest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you better find them. But, you know, as far as that. Somebody that really wanted to dig, and and they went and Googled an area, you could sit there and, and blow it, Google that map, well, and it, blow it up and see the hives. Yeah, depending on how long they have been there, yeah. that's absolutely true. And I, I've experienced that for a fact. There was an individual who kind of just popped up out of nowhere and was holding classes and doing other stuff out there at their apiary. And all of the the bigger, well-known beekeepers in the area were like, I have never heard of this person. And one of them went and did a search online, found their website, pulled up their address, put it into Google, did a satellite view, and came right down on top of that sucker and counted every single hive they had. Mm-hmm. And then sent that information to the rest of us. So that's one of those things where if you put it out there, yeah, I mean, yeah. once it's there, it's there, and and not everybody has nefarious intentions and and things no, like that, you know. But it only takes one, yeah. right? That's it. And we do have a gentleman here in town who is a nefarious individual, <laughs> um, who is just the bane of beekeeping existence and does very bad things. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it's just one of those things. So so to me, it was kind of like, no, I I agree that it should be proprietary information, mm-hmm. but I also agree that. We should have some way where we can help identify potential threats to the colonies and and at least lock your colony down or give you a chance to do so before something happens. Yeah, you know, well, you, know you could put uh, northern Travis County, western Travis County. Well, again, they can provide you oh, yeah. with the exact coordinates of where the spraying is going to occur. Mm-hmm. And they don't need to know where your hives are to do that. They just need to say, okay, everybody who is registered in Llano County for not not registered as an apiary, but registered for this service. Let me clarify that mm-hmm. first off. Um, anybody who's in Llano County who has hives who have signed up for this notification are going to get the notification. 
And then it's up to you to look at it and say, oh, well, the coordinates say that it's, you know, northwestern Llano County and I'm, I'm, I'm you know, 40 miles yeah. from there, so I'm not concerned with it. Well, then that's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. You know, no issues whatsoever. Um, I think that it could be doable and workable, but I have learned from painstaking experience mm-hmm. in the past that trying to get beekeepers in the state of Texas to agree to anything, especially it doesn't matter if it's for the common good of the bees or for the beekeepers, they want to fight it tooth and nail. It's, well, yeah. it is, it is politics just like what we saw well, with the election, Yeah, but it's all the way down to the individual beekeeper level. And it, it got really nasty a couple years ago. <laughs> Um, to the point of, of one psycho out there literally like sending people hate mail and, uh, and stalking them online and, you know, berating and trashing them anywhere they saw anything about them. Um, it's, it's just, it's absolutely insane. Well, didn't we have a deal last year down in Houston? Uh, a couple of partners, he went in there and burnt it. One of them went and burnt well, no, the that, other guys out. That was separate. Oh, okay. um, the, one of those individuals was involved in what you just mentioned. Yeah. But the, the whole partnership on that was a, a weird, like, they were business partners, but the one business partner was literally robbing and stealing from the other one uh-huh. and stealing queens out of colonies that were supposed to be sold wow. and selling the queens on the side and not telling anybody and leaving the colony to hopefully raise new queens. And then just pretending wow. like, oh yeah, I don't know, the queen didn't take, so they're they're raising their own. And you know, he was off here pocketing things on the side, and then also apparently like slowly stealing hives and hiding them wow. closer to an area where he could then come back later and pick them up and and run off with them. And he sold a bunch <laughs> of stuff and and never <laughs> delivered. And the other owner didn't realize you know what was going on, and it, it just it turned into a giant shit show. But yeah, I mean that <laughs> that that kind of stuff again. You do run into those people, and and there's reasons why people are cautious about where it is. It can also be the fact of I don't think anybody's going to steal my hives, but also if you were somebody that has award-winning, best-selling honey, yeah, and somebody else finds out where you are and yeah. they put hives out in that exact same area, they're going to get the exact same honey, and yep. now you are no longer unique yep. in that area. So. Yep. You know, that's that's another thing to it. But yeah, there's there's lots of ups and downs that can come along with that stuff. And it was something that we were talking about on one of the legislative update calls here recently when we were talking about, you know, at the very least laying the groundwork so that maybe someday if everybody does come together and can sing Kumbaya and all get along, we can do nah. some of these things that might help better, you know, be, I know. <laughs> but still, if you don't ever lay the groundwork for it, then there's no potential yeah. ever, so... But yeah, so I just thought we, I would see what you thought if you uh, if you were for or against. Well, you know that's why the aliens haven't showed up here in the United States, in the on the Earth, right? Because they're waiting on all the countries to eradicate all of the nuclear weapons. You knew that, right? Mm-mm. Yeah. Once they say once all the nuclear weapons are gone, we'll see the aliens come in. Yeah, and I mean aliens from up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's when they'll show up. Uh, They're waiting to see us. Peacefully or not peacefully? Oh, peacefully. Well, I'm just curious because also yeah. if we eradicate all the nuclear weapons, that may be the only thing that could have stopped them. So oh, therefore, hell, they got stuff. At, I'm just curious, you know. Shut, uh, I've watched Independence Day. They shoved a nuke right up the center <laughs> hole of that big mothership, and that was it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I don't know. But they, yeah. <laughs> They can control. Well, I won't get into it. Yeah, Ken loves his alien theories. Yeah, I do. 
Yeah, we actually, <laughs> I think we have one of our first bonus episodes is actually called Alien Bees. Well, the bees, are, I'm sure they put they were put here by the aliens because they know everything we do, the bees do. Yeah, they know sure how and to dogs? sting you in the chin. Well, I mean, they do. <laughs> yeah, they do. And the dogs, they know everything we do. Yeah, they learn. Yeah. So, they they yeah. have watched. They have watched. Hey, mm-hmm. speaking of, this okay. is completely uh, off the subject of, okay. of everything that what? we've talked about, but... So, uh, the hive at the hotel, mm-hmm. the hive that is remaining at the hotel, was mm-hmm. originally uh, just mean as hell. And I requeened it, I think, two or three times and finally got in. I, I don't finally need, got a queen they didn't kill? Yeah, I, got, I, got, <laughs> I finally wore them down to where I got a queen in there. But I don't even, honestly, at this point, I don't know what the genetics of the queen is because mm-hmm. I don't remember if it was one of the... Um, Carniolans that I got from, from South Texas, from, no, from Tucka uh, up in New York. Okay, or if it was the uh, the New World Carniolan from South Texas, uh-huh. or if it was one of my Russian Carniolan. I don't know. Apparently, though, Carniolan is in every one of those options. Mm-hmm. So we'll just say that um, Carniolan. It's Carniolan. It's got Carney in there yeah. somewhere, probably. But uh-huh. anyhow, I when I went out there to do the the checking and everything of them. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, but I could have been naked and they wouldn't have cared. It's the first time, especially here in, in central Texas for us that, oh, they got that I've been out there like doing, and I was doing ex- <gasps> extensive stuff. I did, I did a full inspection. I, I was doing, cause I was doing videos off of it and I had to do different things in the dip for like different videos. So I did a full inspection, tore it all the way down, went all the way through it, found all the larvae, found the food stores, did a mic check. Mm-hmm. Which involves you shaking them off of the yeah, frame. They didn't even come up and look at you. It never, never once. Wow. Turned around, you know, dumped the the bees coated in the powdered sugar back into the hive, put it back together. Then I went and I wrapped the hive in the foam core insulation board, <laughs> and to do and they the were tape, out there doing high fives each other, huh? Well, to to do the tape, I couldn't have the gloves on because I couldn't <laughs> separate the aluminum yeah, tape no. from the paper, mm-hmm. and uh, so I had to take my gloves off, and not once. Did a bee ever touch me, let alone come towards me? And I was blocking the entrance at some points. It was, it was a very nice, like it was a beautiful well, day. That was that was the day you didn't see this, but that was the day that I posted the really uh, goofy video of me singing in the truck between bee stops, because it was like it was gorgeous. It wasn't too hot. It was a just a beautiful day, and those bees were just so chill. It was the most relaxing beekeeping experience and day that I had had in a very long time. You're over there where that that hives over there where they have that new CBD oil place. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> where they're growing the, the 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 pot. They're not growing anything. You're just <laughs> all those bees are out there eating the THB that they take care of the CBD. THB so ain't a thing. <laughs> so TCBBB and then uh, the CBD and oh, you're they're just, just more relaxed bees now, but they eat a lot more. You're just allowing the current environment <laughs> to cloud your your mind. Um, uh. Oh, on on that note, oh, Lord, uh, Max. Now we have a, we bought a queen, and we did requeen a hive. But on one of his hives, he has a Gen Two, um, Italian, and she they are, wow. That's all I'll say. And you already told me that. Well, the new queens lay a lot of eggs and la la la, and so, so yeah. So he's he's tickled death with her, and so. That's a good thing, I guess. It is, but how did you wind up instantaneously with a Gen 2? What happened to the Gen 1? 
Where'd your original queen go? They killed her. When you installed her? Yeah. So part of core for the rest they of the year. They let her raise, raise a few, put lay a few eggs, and then they killed her butt. Yeah. See, um, so there was something in the. Everybody out there has heard us mention. You know, we just did the the Texas Beekeepers Association's live virtual beekeeping event, and we had Dr. David Tarpey on there, who mm-hmm. is a specialist when it comes to bees. Yeah. Yeah. Genetics, okay. specifically the genetics of queens mm-hmm. and um, if they're properly mated or not. And he actually has a queening disease clinic where you can send him the queens. They will go through and dissect them and they will tell you, yes, she was properly mated there and she mated with X amount of drones and there's this many different strains of, of genetic variances in there, all that kind of stuff. So that you know if, you, if you're doing your own queen raising operation, you can send in samples and they can tell you, you know, you, your drone congregation areas aren't sufficient or your queens aren't sufficiently getting mated or you've got stellar phenomenal genetics and they're, they're just, you know, she's been mated <laughs> jillions of times yeah. kind of thing. So there's these different little aspects to it. But one of the presentations that he did was on the quality of commercial queens. And, you know, we hear repeatedly, especially here in Texas, we hear repeatedly that some of the commercial queens from different commercial breeders mm-hmm. come in and they are freaking tiny. Yeah. Itty bitty skinny yeah. little suckers. We got one, one of them that we got the other day was. Yeah. They, they're one. just little bitty. And that could be both from mass production. It can be from improper mating, but it can also be from being banked too long. That queen may have been born in April and may have spent her entire life now after um, she mated in yeah. a cage, just being fed, but not actually being able to move around freely, definitely not laying eggs, and so she shrinks down. And that's not necessarily good for the health and the vitality of the queen or her offspring. So, but he went through and he did this clinic, and and there's a lot of things in there that kind of make you stop and think and consider. And we have theorized on the main segment, I believe, before, mm. where we talked about how it was really weird this year that most of the queens that you order, you put in there and they off them. They yeah. let them stay long oh, enough they, to lay a round of eggs and then yeah. they off them and they raise their own queen, which yeah. which tells me they... Something's the matter with them. Yeah, they, they didn't outright reject her immediately or they would have never even let her live long enough to lay eggs. Mm-hmm. But they did ultimately decide that they needed to choose a better queen than what she would have been. So there's some... Uh, some odd little things with that that are, that would be really interesting to go into. Um, that may be something that, you know, maybe here one of these days on the main segment, we can have Dr. Tarpey as a guest and we can ask him, you know, like, Hey, we noticed this a lot this year. What do you think is the cause of that? Why would they allow her to live just long enough to lay one round of brood yeah. and then immediately kill her and, and then not just like raise a queen and wait for the queen to kill her. They kill her. Yeah. And start doing emergency That's cells. It's like uh, we've lost three or four or five maybe scrats. No, no, we got now we got one one colony that has a Gen two scrats, and she is wonderful. But they let her lay a round of eggs and offed her. So I don't know. It's kind of crazy, but uh, I don't know. They uh, the the Gen twos are layers. That's all I can say. Yeah. Well. That's uh, who knows, man. It's 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 crazy. And you know, you you said that one of one of you told us that Max is well. She's laying. Uh, we have a we have a virgin queen, and you said well, there may not be enough drones out there. 
Our hives are full of drones. That's the craziest thing. This time of year, they are full of drones. Well, see, I think that goes back to what we talked about on the main segment episode this last week about how our temperatures are so crazy at the moment. We're in the middle of November, and we're still having 80 80. to 86 degree days every day. Well, last night it was 79. Last night it was 70 degrees. Right. Overnight. Overnight. Yeah, that that was our low. So. Um, you know, it's, it's confusing to nature. It's confusing to the animals and Mm -hmm. the the bees. And and I was making a comment about how it's really hard for us to understand. We need to be locking down our hives for winter and we need to stop getting into them because we're still running around in tank tops and shorts and Mm flip-flops. And that could be another one of those things. But the only thing though, that is different is that even though it is still warm, there's not food out there readily available. And usually that will trigger them to start, stop raising drones and start kicking the drones out. Yep. But I've, I've seen plenty of really big, I mean, really strong colonies that are, have allowed their drones, drones to stay. Yeah, Full of drones. We got uh, three or four we opened up Thursday, and they're plumb full of drones. I don't know. Uh, then we got one queen. She raises about two-thirds drones. What she lays. Yeah. No, I don't she, know. She's not around no more. Well, he so had had a queen. <laughs> had a queen. Had yeah. a queen who has now been requeen. Yeah, yeah. They, I don't know on some of that. What um, I don't know. There's there has been a lot of mysteries to 2020. That is for sure. That didn't yeah. make any sense. And, oh, we got another hurricane. Oh well, yeah. Or is it a hurricane? Ida, Ido, Ito, Ito, Ito. Not Etta. This is another one. Yeah. We got another one. Yeah, 2020. What can you say? It's not over yet. Not yet. It's going down Getting swinging. Close. It's uh, been swinging all year, but it's going down swinging. Feel sorry for those people down in Nicaragua and Honduras. They're going to catch it again. It's going to be a Category 3 when oh they hit. Oh, Lord, man. Yeah, um, Iota. Iota. Iota, yep. yep. Yeah, this, this year has just been absolute bananas. Um, for, yeah, especially for, Honduras and Nicaragua, bananas <laughs> for everybody. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. It's just, it has been, it has been crazy. Um, I have, so like looking forward to next year, not as in I, I, I hope, not as in I am looking forward to next year, but as in like you know looking forward to next year as far as planning wise and stuff. Well, I'm yeah. Um, you and and. Only time will tell on this because you are supposed to be raising big, strong colonies of honey, but Max is is also trying to convince you that you need to raise bees, potentially to sell bees, but you need to raise bees. He wants to Um, split them off and sell. If you're going to do that, though, then we have to get the apiary inspection service out there and they have to inspect you and give you a certificate of inspection before you can sell the bees. Just FYI. That is the proper way to do that, um, regardless if everybody abides by that or not. Um, But... So, you know, I'm looking at actually not selling bees next year, mainly because it's just there's so much going on, or at least there has been so much going on. And for the last five years, I have been whittling down my own stock by doing splits and doing sells and doing all this other Mm -hmm. stuff. So any splits and things that I make this year, they're not going to probably be as drastic, and they're all going to be just for rebuilding the apiary. I don't think that we're actually going to do any uh, true splits to sell or anything like that. Um, I think we may have one or two contracts we've got to finish up and that'll probably be the only, only sales that we actually do from that regard. But you know, that's kind of the whole, like, you know, planning for the future and trying to figure out what, uh, what's going to be done. 
Um, I've even given some serious thought to scaling back a, a lot of other stuff too, even like the, the different varieties of honey that we sell and things along those lines, you know, like, do we want to continue doing this or do we want to take a break from that for a little while and just do like one or two options and call it good, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of that was because this year is also a year of reflection on <laughs> so many crazy things happened and it impacted people in so many different ways and you've got to adapt and, and kind of learn from that. So we usually make a big bulk of our honey cells from selling to restaurants and stores. Mm -hmm. The restaurants are, And yeah. the restaurants and stores are closed. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, it is definitely a challenge. Um, the main restaurant here in town that actually buys the bulk of my honey, mm -hmm. God forbid, may not exist wow. by the time winter's over. And they have been a staple of Austin ever since I've lived here. They haven't been around forever, but ever since I've lived here, you know, they have been kind of like the go-to place for a cool, authentic, retro-type environment and, and meal. And ever since they did reopen, mm -hmm. they never reopened the inside dining area. They've just opened the outdoor seating mm -hmm. area. And then you've got social distancing. So their possible clientele has been drastically reduced to maybe a quarter of what they could handle. And their staff is pretty much entirely gone because they, if they were working, they were only getting a few hours a week. And so the owners have been the ones going through and, you know, they've got their executive chef is cooking. Mm -hmm. One of the owners is running the bar. The other owner is running the food and they're wow. running it out to the people. And like, that's, that's what they've been doing. Um, they did for the first time in months, mm -hmm. put in one order for a gallon of honey. Wow. And when I went out there to pick it up, that's when we were talking and, uh, you know, they said this, you know, we, we hate to say it, but this very well may be the last honey that we ever get to buy because we don't know if we're still going to be open. The way that they're looking at it is if things continue to get worse, which they're predicting could happen worse. over the winter and they already can't do inside mm -hmm. dining or they don't want to do inside dining mm -hmm. because of, you know, potential spacing issues, contamination, mm -hmm. you know, just the whole, whole nine yards outdoors is safer. Mm -hmm. Once it does get cold here, they can't do outdoor seating and their carry out and their, you know, like Grubhub and, and Uber Eats and things like that, their sales via those avenues are not enough to support the business. So they're coming up on a hard stop where they're going to have to make a decision. Do we, do we call it quits now while our head is still above water and say it's, you know, it's been a good run, but unfortunately farewell, or do we try to make it through the winter, not knowing what happens and potentially still ultimately being forced to close and be in debt to do so. So it's been a really, 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 really tough, tough year for people for it's sure. A tough one. Uh, radio station I worked for, they just had a, Oh, they laid off a ton of people. Uh, they laid off a bunch more. Thirsty. Yeah. I saw, and I don't remember which city specifically, but I did see a, an article that stated they now own more radio stations in that city than they actually have DJs, period. Yeah. And you usually have, you know, multiple DJs per station, per channel, mm -hmm. you know, uh, like that, for instance, the station here in town has what, four separate true quote unquote themed channels yeah. to it. And that's yeah. on the FM side. And then you've also got the AM side. And, you know, and then if you break that up, you have Most of four them. or five different hosts throughout right. the day, you know. So, yeah, I mean, that's, it's getting. Well, the one I work for most of your on air, still there, 
on air staff, yeah, salespeople and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, the the few that are still there are working from home. Nobody's yep. working from the office. Yep. Yeah, it's a uh, it is a, it's a crazy. Tough, it's a tough time for everybody for yep. sure. Um, and uh, and again, so that's kind of why you know I'm I'm looking at well, where can we make cuts to better strengthen both the apiary and the business and everything else. And, uh, yeah, so, so that's kind of what I'm looking at. Like, I, I don't think I'm going to be doing that next spring. And in, in some regards, that'll also kind of be a weight off of the shoulders because raising bees to sell bees is mm-hmm. a lot of freaking work. I can um, see that. And it's also a lot of stress because you've got people that are waiting on you that are dependent on yeah. you, but you're waiting on mother nature and dependent on yeah. her. You have no control over either scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, and you want to put out a good quality product and a good stock of bees and everything that, that do really well. So, um, yeah, so we're going to, we're going to re rethink some things and strengthen our, our local stock here and, and just kind of see what it'll do. I know I was talking to be mindful and, uh, talking to Natalie and Les, and they're kind of in the same boat. They're looking at repopulating their apiaries and their hive numbers, and they're not probably going to be doing a lot of sales, which it's is gonna suck for anybody out there who wants to do a top bar because that means I'm not selling them and less is not selling them that only leaves one other option in the central Texas area and I'm not gonna promote them build top bar swarm traps yeah but even if you build a swarm trap doesn't mean a bee is gonna move into it but at least you could build a top bar you could build a top bar (laughs) and you could go catch a swarm and install it or Mm -hmm. you could build a swarm trap catch it and install it so you do have those but those Mm -hmm. are also never a guarantee you know you you went a good chunk of time where you were actually frustrated because you had tons of them out there and you weren't getting any hits but then max started getting hits and then finally later in the year you started getting a lot of hits but there are some years we put up swarm traps and never see a bee look at them and then there's other years every single swarm trap gets filled up so it's it's the unpredictability of any type of nature-based agricultural farming anything really. I know we got about forty swarm traps for this next year. Oh my god! <laughs> Goodness gracious, great swarm traps of fire! Yeah. Wow. Well, anyhow, uh, I'm just uh, venting and rambling at this point, so uh, <laughs> we can uh, we can call this one good and uh, let everybody so, get on with their weekend. Now I had to bring a jar of honey in for the doctor, right? Uh-huh. And he's going to check it out and he's going to tell me about tell me how great my award-winning honey is? No. Oh. He's going to tell me oh that it it cures cancer? No. Well. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> we are uh we for the state of Texas, we are helping Dr. Osterk go through and do some research on the bioactivity levels of raw honeys from around the state of Texas. And so Ken and I are both participating in that. We also partnered with the Texas Honey Show to get samples from all the individuals that also entered into the Honey Show to participate in that research study as well. So what you will be getting back at some point will be a pollen analysis of Mm -hmm. the different pollens that are in your honey. Mm -hmm. And then also possibly the bioactivity report itself Mm -hmm. that tells you the bioactivity levels of your honey. And then any hypothesis as to whether or not it would be medicinally beneficial or not. So, but it has nothing to do with flavor or awards. I'm probably going to get in trouble if I bring this up. And you're going to say, Ken, why'd you bring that up for? Ken, why'd you bring that up for? Uh, are we going to do a honey show? 
Um, maybe, maybe someday in the future. Um, okay. We, I mentioned it. We mentioned yeah, it on, mentioned on it. the yeah. last yeah. bonus episode, mm. and uh, we we definitely have already had Black some listeners. Jar. Justin, for instance, was immediately like, "Hey, I yeah. would be all for that." I think it'd be fun. Um, yeah, and uh, and Justin had actually just extracted honey and posted it online. It was it was absolutely hysterical because, first off, he had the best picture of him and his extractor and his Hive Jive Junkies t-shirt. <laughs> and so kudos for representing on that front. Um, but then later he posted this video, and it was after they had extracted the honey, they had it all in like a pitcher, and then they poured it through the strainer, and he had the camera positioned perfectly between the strainer and the final bucket so you could see the honey slowly dripping and oozing down, and he put like this heavenly music to the background of it, and it was absolutely hysterical, and it was it was a very pleasing, almost like ASMR type moment to, to visually see it and hear the music with it, um, but yeah, so he immediately was like, hey, I'm all for it. Let's do a honey show. You know that Jacob would, you know... Um, and I'm sure if they could get away with it, our listeners in Australia would as well, if they could get some up here. But yeah. it would definitely be something to uh, look, look forward to and plan for for next year. That would be fun. To go through and do yep. some sort of honey show for, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and you got to send biscuits. No, we're not doing any oh. biscuits. You told everybody how to make biscuits. They can make their own damn biscuits. Yeah. Or cookies. Depending on where you're at, a biscuit could be a cookie. <laughs> yeah, if you're in uh, uh, over there in... Uh, United Kingdom, a biscuit is a cookie. Yeah, the great, great British baking show. Mm-hmm. Uh, they make lots of biscuits. They don't look like They're any biscuit cookies. I've ever seen. They're cookies. Yeah, I know it. <laughs> Looks like a damn tasty cookie, though. Yeah, you don't want to put uh, put uh, gravy on top of those biscuits. Oh, hell no, but you could put honey on them. <laughs> yeah, you could. You could indeed. Well, all right, sir. Are you going to let us actually wrap it up this time? Let's do it. All right, go for it. But you know, not, I not, was, not. <laughs> nice try, man. Yeah, y'all be good, family. We'll see y'all <laughs> on the other side. Keep the rubber tire down and the shiny side up. There you go. Thank you, everybody. Be good, be safe, and bye bye. Bye. This Hive Jive production was made possible by amazing patrons like you, and we appreciate your support. To all our Hive Jive junkies out there, you truly are the bee's knees. <laughs>